0: What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me for the second time in one week, we have a wonderful guest. Uh, The king of the long shift, Elon Dubrovsky, is here. Elon, how are you doing this fine, fine Thursday evening?
1: Happy to be back, Ben, after uh, I got a lot to live up to after that crazy show you did with Dave on Tuesday. I was editing it late <laughs> Tuesday night, just like losing it when you guys were going nuts about Paul Stasny. Just to see right now, <laughs> Paul Stasny has scored a goal. That was a good yes. reco. Yes.
0: Uh, everybody who added Paul Stasny two weeks in advance of when Dave said you should add him is loving the state they're Paul in for Stasny
1: (laughs) by the way I think it might be a historic night also I don't know if this has happened before maybe the listeners Mm -hmm. can correct us but both Sebastian Ajos have scored a goal today I don't think I've seen this before it is the
0: second time that this has happened according to the the patrons uh, informed me
1: of this okay I gotta go on our discord sounds like a fun place to hang out You got to be there more,
0: like more recently than the person you're talking to, at least, or else you're going to get one up to like this, uh, the whole show. I feel like such a
1: loser now. I thought I was saying
0: something interesting.
1: (laughs) Well, Elon, you did
0: bring up the Tuesday show already. So I, I guess you did mention there was something in particular you wanted to address from that episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really funny how you guys talked about how Nathan McKinnon was injured, and then Dave was like, I have no pity for the people who lost Nathan McKinnon being all, woe is me, like, this is your chance to prove that you built a good roster outside of Nathan McKinnon. Well, guess what? You don't need to, because it turns out he's going to play today against the Sharks after all. We're recording this at 8.20, so the game hasn't started yet. But uh, lucky for Nathan McKinnon managers. Bad luck for the Kyle Connor managers who are in a do or die week this week because he all of a sudden has COVID. So imagine if if you were in a matchup and you have McKinnon and your opponent has Kyle Connor and you were like, I'm so screwed. And then all of a sudden, like the fortunes like totally turned. That would be a good feeling and a bad feeling for the other person. But anyways, welcome back, McKinnon. I'm sure he's going to have a big night.
0: You know what's funny about the whole Dave McKinnon thing is that uh, on the patron group last week, after you and I were talking about – or I was talking about Dylan Strome going off after after Lewis dropped him. Lewis made a big stink about how we didn't also add that Lewis had re-added Dylan Strome. And don't worry all of the listeners who felt bad for Lewis last week. He managed to get Dylan Strome back in his lineup. Uh, but what I think is particularly funny about the, the Nathan McKinnon thing in retrospect is that Lewis – Was unable to attend the tier one draft this year, so Dave drafted for him and Dave drafted Lewis Nathan McKinnon so when he's in he's filling in for Lewis on short shifts talking about how people who have Nathan McKinnon
1: he has no no, no empathy for that i just think that's very funny yeah it all it all comes back to how dave made lewis the thing is like lewis's team sucked for the first few weeks and then he was yes. able to turn it around which kind of i mean dave's great don't get me wrong i'm a big stream scheme fan dave's a former couple tier one champ but just going to say i mean Lewis had to kind of turn that team around after that draft, and uh, now he was able to do it, but he, I don't recall Lewis being too happy in that moment after those first three weeks.
0: Yeah, Dave was betting on some wrong horses, there's no doubt. But Elon, let's get into the headlines tonight, and we have to go to one of the, you know, this is the team you think of when you think of a blockbuster NHL headline, the Arizona Coyotes. Oh no. That's uh, obviously not true. But unfortunately, the one Arizona Coyote who I would say was fantasy relevant in every single, probably every league out there, Clayton Keller, is done for the year, went into the boards extremely awkwardly Monday Monday night. No, Wednesday night. Um, I don't know why I watched the video. I really wish I hadn't. I read that it was a gruesome injury. It was gross. I do not recommend others watch it. Uh, but Clayton Keller still worth talking about, uh, for a career year this year, approaching an 80 point pace on the freaking Coyotes. Elon, unbelievable to be putting up those numbers that he was. Uh, I went back and looked at Keller's Kakupful ADP this year, he was being drafted 215th off the board, and he finished his season inside the top 50. Of course, he will fall uh, by the end of the year. But I do think as we look ahead to next year, Clayton Keller entering his age 24 season, coming off a career year on a team that had no one else. Where would you project him points-wise next year if you had to right
1: now? Okay, well, first of all, when you say he was drafted like 200 and whatever, like that's not even selling how low he was because he had only four points in his first 11 games and Keller was dropped in a bunch of leagues. So there's a lot of people who got Keller as a free agent and then just rode like an above point per game pace for the majority of the season. So he was a huge get. And now this is a huge hit for anyone who was riding Keller. I would feel bad for anyone, almost as bad as people who have Kyle Connor this week. Uh, But yeah, as far as next year goes, like he's clear, like, okay, he had this rookie season, right? And we all thought this guy, I remember Cam Robinson was falling over himself. He was a guest on our show. He was like telling us how Clayton Keller is the real deal. He's going to be amazing at this like 65 point rookie season. And then he like sort of turned into a disappointing player and he signed this big contract with the Coyotes. It seemed like maybe this was a mistake by their then general manager to sign him to this long contract. And now this year, like everyone's redeemed. It's like Dumb and Dumber, right? You've totally redeemed yourself. Clayton Keller is looking like... Like an amazing value at his contract, which is only a mere $7 a year, which I guess is like a lot. (laughs) But for this year, it it seemed like a bargain. But yeah, as far as next year goes, obviously it depends who the supporting cast will be. It turned out this year that Nick Schmaltz really gelled with Clayton Keller and they were good together. And I think as far as next year, it's hard to predict. We'll have to see what the Coyotes do. Uh, I probably would project him to go a little lower just to be safe. Like Let's say like 70 points. I don't know, 75. Like I don't want to go too crazy, but I think he's obviously a very talented player. He's only 23 years old, which is pretty wild. But I think as far as this year goes, I think the real interesting question is, what do you do with a Nick Schmaltz right now? Because he's this guy who's been totally on fire for anyone who added him like a month ago or whenever he started to pick it up. He's up to 47 points in 48 games, but he's been doing all of this, playing with Keller at even strength and on the power play. Now, who's he got to play with like Nick Ritchie and and Travis Boyd like I don't even know who his line mates are going to be but there's basically no one left in Arizona that's good Alex Galchenyuk I don't know, Phil Kessel's there for whatever that's worth. Like so, I Nothing.
0: That's not worth anything.
1: But, like, but Nick Schmaltz has shown himself to be so talented, right? So it's like, what do you do now? I honestly don't know the answer. I feel like if it was me, I'd probably hold on for a game or two, but I'd be watching closely. And I think at this point, not only has his injury obviously killed the value for Clayton Keller managers, but also Nick Schmaltz, I'd be very worried that maybe now he loses a ton of value as well.
0: I'd be worried about Schmaltz, no doubt. But I will say that... He wasn't playing with Keller all season, like he started to put up the the ridiculous pace once he got up there, but he's been pretty solid even before he was he was stapled to that top line so I mean it's possible that he's still fine. The coyotes do play Friday Sunday this week so and then they play Monday next week, so I'm at least holding on to him through that Monday and then probably reassessing just based on how dire things look but if he puts up let's say. Let's say he puts up just one point in the next three games. It's sounding like you're definitely dropping him.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect. This is a perfect situation. If you have Nick Schmaltz, you're going to get this three-game trial. Ben has just nailed it. Give him this trial to see what he could do. Sans Clayton Keller, if he looks good to you, <laughs> better than your free agent options then good you could hold on and if he is like looking really boring and nothing now that he's not playing with Keller then yeah you're gonna have to reassess after Monday but yeah give him these three games because I'm sure there's no one in free agency that's done anything close to what Schmaltz has done and then we'll have to see so I guess Brian and I can talk about it on the Sunday show once we get a little bit more data
0: Mm. all right let's go back to something you brought up earlier Elon and talk about a player who's on your cupful team that's right we're going to talk about Kyle Connor. Uh, who was tested for COVID because the Jets were traveling to the States and is now COVID positive, as you mentioned, health permitting. Kyle Connor and his teammate Nate Schmidt, who also tested positive, are eligible to return on April 6th next week. Hopefully they're both fine and don't experience serious symptoms. That's most important here. But Elon, I have to ask, while I have you on the show... With Kyle Connor on your Cucupful roster, sitting on a bye week right now, awaiting that round two opponent... How tilted are you at this very moment?
1: (laughs) I mean, on one hand, this could turn out really well for me, right? Because I could stash him in my IR for Monday, Tuesday. The Jets don't play until Wednesday next week. They go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So if everything goes perfectly, I stash him in IR, I get an extra roster spot for Monday, Tuesday. I happen to have Mark Giordano, who plays Monday, Tuesday. I have a plan right now. I'm either going to drop him, I'm going to drop Duclair or Verhage. That's my plan after Tuesday to bring in Kyle Connor Wednesday. But of course, that's assuming that Connor actually plays Wednesday if he doesn't play Wednesday yeah I'm going to be pretty upset and concerned and like Dave said obviously I'm not going to like you know totally flip my gaskets about it and assume that I'm going to (laughs) lose like hopefully my team can still contend but that would be a huge loss Keller has had an insane season like he's I think top five what did I say keller clayton keller kyle connor all these ck names but you know what i'm saying right like if you look at all the players in cupful go by their fantasy points this is our ultimate patron league we have a pretty standard scoring here and i'm looking at the total points on the season there's connor mcdavid number one austin matthews number two which is actually surprising to me i would have thought that um matthews would have been higher than mcdavid maybe they have a uh, 60, oh, 61 games for Matthews and 67 games for McDavid. That explains that. Uh, okay, then Dreisaitl, then Ovechkin, and then Kyle freaking Connor. Number five in Cupful for total points. So he... Like, legit, there an argument could be made that he should be, like, a top five. I don't know, like, Pasternak obviously missed a bit of the year and, and all that. So, fine. But, like, top ten, I think, is reasonable at this point. So, it's a huge loss. In the meantime, we talked about Paul Stasny getting a goal. He's been playing with Shifley and Ehlers today. And I guess maybe the other big headline is Nikolai Ehlers is actually getting top power play deployment, which never happens. But also, you know, Kyle Connor never gets injured. So, this is the first time I think we've seen this. And he has a power play goal today. So I think for people who have Nikolai Ehlers on their teams, they're like hoping that Connor, you know, obviously they're not wishing ill on him, but they hope that he'll rest up for maybe a little bit longer. Uh, But uh, what's your question? Like, how much am I tilting? Like, I'll be fine. I'll be even happy about this if he's back next Wednesday. I'll tell you that. But I'm on a bye week.
0: (laughs) You are are something, Elon. You're going through it. I can tell just based on... Based on the uh, the twists and turns you've taken us on with that answer, uh, I definitely think that Kyle Connor. Yeah, I think that David Pasternak's a really interesting comparable. Although David Pasternak has put up like a ninety five point pace, uh, like and and like put up over a, a hundred point pace twice. So I guess that's what we're hoping for with Connor. Maybe it's a little soon to say that he's uh that that we're looking at him as, as a Pasternak type next year. But I would say like probably yeah like the like, the end of the top 10 he'll be going in drafts next year?
1: Yeah, I think someone like a Jake Gensel, you know, who would have gone ahead of Connor. Like, I think probably Connor's even, like, leapfrogged him. So it'll be really fun Mm -hmm. to come up with our draft list next year because we've talked about a lot of players throughout the course of this season who seem to have really, like, upped their draft stock. Like, if I keep going down this list, you've got... Kirill Kaprizov is like, there's Connor, I said it's five, then Roman Yossi as a defenseman. And this is obviously total points. So it's like players who didn't get injured are obviously going to be boosted up here. But Kirill Kaprizov is next. He's someone who went in what, the third, maybe second round of drafts last year. Huberdo's next, like JT Miller. Like These are all players who have never sniffed the first round of a fantasy draft. And it's gonna be really interesting. Like Mikko Rantanen is kind of further down. Uh I don't know, like Nathan McKinnon is further down. Patrick Kane, Mike Zabanajad. Like maybe these players now are gonna have to get relegated to round two and some other players leapfrog them into the- Round one, it'll be. It'll I be know really you're not saying that about Nathan McKinnon, though. Well, McKinnon, not, I guess, is also see- a missed time. Oh, yeah, he's only played 51 games. So, yeah, that's. Well, yeah. Ma- McKinnon. And Rantanen
0: is going to be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that I'm just like looking at names right now, but I think with McKinnon, the question starts to become is he a bit of an injury risk, right? Like, I guess, like, this was a pretty uh, freak injury because he got in a fight and he's not even injured. He's fine. But he has missed. He's only played 51 games this year when most people have played like 60 something. So he's missed time. He's missed time in the past. I wonder, like, when the, going into this season, it was like if you had a top four pick, this is what you and Dave talked about on tuesday if you had a top four pick it was so obvious you just grab one of matthews dre mcdavid or mckinnon now i wonder if maybe you don't pick mckinnon because you want to take someone a little bit more safe like maybe you take an o- OV or anyway. is
0: mckinnon less safe than austin matthews in terms of injuries
1: well i think matthews is just like straight up uh, shown himself to be on a higher tier than mckinnon in terms of he scores yeah, goals every that's, single that's
0: that's fine but uh, if you're if your concern is injury then i think that I think they both have similar injury risk, I would say. Sure. But yeah. Like like I would project them both for like seventy to seventy-five games. You know what I mean? Like probably just to to hedge my bets. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Like Austin Matthews yeah. is honestly to me in a separate conversation. Like he's just like totally broken out as potentially yeah, yeah. the the sure. top asset. Yes. But yeah. there is the injury.
0: Welcome. Inside. Hey, welcome to the friggin' club. <laughs> uh All right, we have two more uh, two more injury outjury conversations to have here. First of all, Petr Mrazek out for the rest of the regular season or out for the rest of the fantasy season uh jack campbell appears to be around the corner i was gonna ask you if eric shulgren is interesting to you and uh he stinks tonight uh any takes on the leafs goaltenders or should we just move on
1: well as always somehow michael hutchinson gets back into the conversation No, is he playing right now (laughs) he's the backup he's not in yet but i don't know the leafs play monday tuesday next week so if campbell's not ready to go they're not gonna do i think he will be though right i
0: think i think campbell will be ready
1: i mean who i'm not a doctor right I mean hopefully he'll be fine I, I am Jack Campbell's doctor. okay perfect he's yeah. gonna be fine I just <laughs> feel like it would only be fitting for Michael Hutchinson to somehow get in here because he's uh, remember that year that the the avalanche had both of their goalies get injured in the playoffs like Grubauer and François and then <laughs> they had to depend on Hutchinson and obviously it didn't go well and like it just seems to always happen so anyways ho- hopefully the Leafs don't have to. so your
0: answer is add Hutchinson
1: definitely not don't add Hutchinson <laughs> don't add Schalgren unless you're like people totally overreacted i think to shalgren maybe i did too i don't know yeah like one or two good games but like this is a guy who like wasn't sniffing any fantasy relevance ever for a reason and anyway uh he i mean he's winning right now the leafs are up four three well that's true it depends on the categories of your league like if he plays the leafs are going to do well i just i don't have the confidence yet that you can like depend on him to not blow you up Mm -hmm. but the leafs are a great team so yeah if you could get shalgren like i'm not saying to now because he's letting three goals today against the jets like all of a sudden like forget about him i'm just saying that he's you just
0: love michael hutchinson you had to bring him up (laughs) i just think it's funny you had
1: to Pump no, time. Michael Hutchinson is uh, a guaranteed, yeah. if you're playing Daily Fantasy, you draft all the players playing against Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, that's fair.
0: All right. Uh, and the final injury that I wanted to talk to you tonight about, Elon, Alec Martinez back in the Vegas Golden Knights roster and in fact I lied you are the one who wanted to talk about this so I'm going to throw right on over to you what are you uh, What are you thinking when it comes to AMAC
1: yeah I just want people to realize that he's back first of all after missing the majority <laughs> of the season and also in his first game he had very limited deployment right he only played 13 minutes and a half like I saw quotes from the coach like, it was like apparently Alec Martinez like asked to play more in the second game so he played like 19 minutes but he's generally played more so I just think if you're looking at him in free agency and thinking like oh this guy is like nothing like he's not even barely Playing like I think he's still getting eased in after this injury that took him like forever to recover from. But in this game yesterday against Seattle, four blocks. Like this is what we love about Alec Martinez, right? Like last year he was one of the top people it's you the can blocks, get yeah. for blocks. Plus he was plus one. He didn't get a point, but he was like you know he's around for a goal, which always to me is like an indication that maybe you know he might be in, you know he might be he's on the ice for a goal. That's start that's starting something. So
0: all right, all right. You're you're, you're now you're just pumping the plus minus tires. Let's let's relax.
1: Well, I'm just saying like well plus minus. I I think that when people like judge a player based on like and saying their skill depends on the plus minus, that's going a little too far. But I like a player that's on the ice for goals and didn't get a goal because generally that means they might have had like a lower than expected IPP. Maybe they've had, just like, you know, contributed to the offense but didn't get a point. All I'm saying is I th- – Yeah, but defensemen are less – are sure. unlikely
0: to get in sure. on a goal when it's – when they're on the ice. They have like a IPP around 30%. So it's like – Uh, you know, that's, that's to be expected. Yeah.
1: I'm just saying I like to see it. So as someone who's been pumping up Alec Martinez since the start of the year, when he got injured, I was saying like, don't read too much into his slow start because everyone was injured. And now unfortunately everyone is injured in Vegas again. I just have a hunch that he's going to be someone that you're going to want to have on your team, maybe at one point for the fantasy playoffs. I just want people to be aware of him. And especially if your league counts blocks, I think he's going to be like solid there, give you a floor. And I'll bet you he's going to get more than three. He has three points in 13 games. I I could see him being closer to like a 35-40 point pace. So you put that together with the blocks. I think that that's valuable in a lot of leagues. I just wanted to mention him. Can I go back Definitely. to the can I go back to the Leafs super quick? So, <laughs> sure. Just cuz you know, I don't want to like go we're in the injury section, but then like we're going to like leave the Leafs just to come back to the Leafs just a couple of interesting things. First of all, you Well, we are talking about the Leafs later. Yeah, well we already mentioned... Ta- we're already there, right? Let me just quickly or fine. All right. Uh what what do we say here? Like we're going to get to the Leafs in just a sec. You're listening to Short Shifts. No,
0: I have a whole thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Get, go on right. your own show and do, do the freaking commercial. All right, let's hear it. Let's outro. go to the commercial. When we come back, Elon, I have a statistic for you about a player who could break in Ovechkin personal best. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And Elon, we got to talk about a couple of streakers here. And we're going to start with my boys in New York, and uh, in particular, Christopher Kreider, a player who has been brought up on your show, on my show, all season long. People keep expecting him to fall off, and he is doing anything but six goals and 10 points in Kreider's last 10 games. He now is up to 46 goals on the year and is pacing for 78 points on the season. Uh, Brian has talked about Kreider's power play shooting, and when I went to go and see just like how ridiculous Kreider's power play numbers are, I learned that Kreider is now up to 24 goals on the power play this year, which is already more than any other player has put up other than Alex Ovechkin on the power play since 2010. Wow. And now, Chris Kreider is one power play goal away from tying Ovi's career high in power play goals. And, Elon, here's a fun fact for you. In addition to those other fun facts, Chris Kreider also speaks Russian. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) uh, just, you know, maybe there's something there. We got uh, Nikita Kucherov, also an elite goal scorer. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. But, Elon, I think the main question that everyone wants to know, hear you uh, answer, is about how you tried to talk me out of trading for Chris Kreider before the trade deadline and now he's you know better than ever. What what do you think? Answer for your your Kreider uh, slander, I
1: guess. You were right, and I was wrong. You were very <laughs> smart, and I was very dumb. I can't believe that Chris Kreider is doing this. I, I obviously am not as smart as you to have known that he was going to break Ovi's record for most power play goals <laughs> in a season. Like it's unbelievable. It it's crazy. And the fa- and it's also crazy because he's playing on a line with like Jad, and Vitrano right now, who are both also like known for taking a decent number of shots and scoring goals. It's not as if Is Vitrano up on that line now? Lately I think he has been, yeah. I thought
0: it was Lafreniere and Vitrano on line two with Cop and Panera.
1: All right, let me check the most Or did they recent. switch it out? I'm
0: seeing Yeah, the, they might have
1: switched the it. latest game, Zabanajad, Crider, Vitrano. Lafreniere is in the middle of nowhere, and then Cop is playing with Panarin and, and Dryden Hunt. Oh, right, because Ryan Strom is injured. Okay, so anyway, regardless, all I'm saying is, like, Kreider's not even playing with, like, an elite disher, you know? Like, he's just, like, it's phenomenal. It's a crazy season. Every year he's had these stretches where he's gone hot and then he's kind of like just cooled off and disappeared for a while and that's why he's never like scored even more than 30 goals so now it's pretty insane that he's up to 46 goals when his career high is 28 so uh he
0: typically struggles with injuries too true so it's uh he's been he's been fortunate to stay healthy this year
1: the real question sure. yeah is now he's 30 years old is this like a situation where he's found a new gear like you know I think of like a Brent Burns who was just a solid player in the league and then around the time that he turned 30 he turned into like a huge superstar maybe like a year or two earlier. And now Chris Kreider you know I, I'll be so interested to see like next year I, I feel like I'd be too wimpy to draft him expecting like 50 plus goals but it's possible that he's found something and he's going to continue to do it he's going to continue to play with Zibanejad so you, you can't expect that the situation's going to change and he's not so old he's only 30 like I said so he's not so old that he, we should expect some age-related regression here at this point so if he stays healthy maybe this is like the real deal like he does obviously have a high shooting percentage and specifically on the power play and power play is the kind of thing where you can't necessarily depend on like you might even just have a game where you don't draw any penalties and then all of a sudden you don't have any power play time so uh that would be a reason to maybe be a little bit gun shy on the guy but ben you like struck gold who did you trade uh to get him i remember you got jack camp or you traded away jack campbell and i was thinking like man he's trading like a top goalie (laughs) or something so obviously that was one thing that turned out to be very smart because jack campbell i think has what played like five games since then and they've all been bad
0: yeah, I also traded away Zach Hyman, who at the time you were saying uh, is better than Kreider, and I think. All we, right,
1: I think we should move on here. We're, I think we're right, running right. out of time. I don't know if we can continue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where are we going to go yeah. to the Leafs? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, let's do that. I, I suppose. Anyway, Chris Kreider, incredible. Um, I'm. It, it's that stat about how he could pass Ovechkin's personal best power play goals is pretty wild,
1: right? I mean, it's not like he could. It sounds like he's almost for sure going to. There's like 15, 20 games left in the season, and he's he's one away. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think he's going to.
0: That's pretty wild, I think, right? Like, the the Ovi has his box. We need to get Chris Kreider. We got to get him something so that everybody knows that's uh, that's where he scores. You know, when you tip it in from right in front, that's your cry dog in it.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know that uh, Ovi also speaks Russian, famously, so
0: oh right yeah no that's just like chris kreider that's cool (laughs) um all right let's go back to toronto where you uh where you live and where you always want to talk about your hometown (laughs) that's not true Uh, (laughs) and uh mark giordano went real cold in his first four games with toronto zero points three shots seven hits 13 blocks and I think maybe more concerning for me is that he was under his season average ice time in the first three games with the Leafs, started to tick back up, played 22 minutes in the fourth game uh, tonight, obviously in the middle of the game against Winnipeg, so too soon to see where he'll end up. But Elon, uh, you were saying that uh, Giordano's already put up a point for you tonight. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I just thought it was interesting because like the Leafs are one of the very rare teams Brian and I on the last show went through. All of the team's playoff schedules for these next three weeks and Toronto is a rare team that plays eight times now over these next two weeks, including Monday, Tuesday next week. So I thought that Giordano would be like a great guy to roster after he got traded from Seattle because I was already looking ahead to my playoffs and I was thinking, oh Se- or, yeah, Seattle has like a boring playoff schedule. I was like, oh my God, I hit the jackpot. He goes to Toronto where he has this amazing playoff schedule, but yeah, he's totally become less involved in the offense even though he's kind of in a similar spot like he's on Power Play two instead of Power Play one, but I thought I figured like since so yeah, uh Toronto scores more goals maybe it would even out but yeah like Giordano was taking fewer shots and so I just wanted to like touch base and see if he's still worth holding because of a good schedule or if he's just kind of like anyone else on the Leafs who like yeah I'm not we're not going to recommend adding like comp or whoever you know just because of a good schedule <laughs> right but uh he scored a goal today but it's only on one shot so probably don't want to read too much into it so I don't know I don't really have an insight here I just wanted to point out that Giordano has been a lot less exciting than I hoped. I brought up like Jake Muzzin upside, and by that yeah. I meant like, you know, like a solid 40 point guy, like a point every two games, and some decent yeah. peripherals, and he hasn't done it so far, but maybe this goal today will be the start of something. And he's at least been giving you some blocks, so, you know, that's something, uh, but I still think I'd prefer, if the schedules were even, I'd take Alec Martinez over Giordano for whatever
0: reason. Yeah, like. and I was, that's who I was going to bring up, was just to say you're championing these, uh, these back category fillers, and yeah, I think that they're both interesting unfortunately probably not super available widely on waiver wires but um yeah maybe this is the start of something i would be for my uh what i would do is look at the ice time and see if he's if he's still playing you know low 20s that 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 makes me feel a little bit better than than having seen the 18 19 minute games to start his
1: leafs career And by the way, while we're on the Leafs, you and Dave talked about William Nylander on Tuesday and how he's like Mm -hmm. been relegated to the third line. So you might look at the box score today and be excited and say like, oh my gosh, two goals from Nylander. He's turning it around. Everything is great. We're like midway through this game. It's 5-3 for Toronto already. Eric Comrie, is he still in the net? Yeah, not a good start for Comrie, but anyway. Be- Oops. But uh Nilander two goals, but both on the power play. For what it's worth, and he has still been playing on the third line. So it's almost like hopefully this is the kind of thing where Nilander like is doing well on the power play, and the coach is like, "All right, that's enough. I'll take you out of the doghouse now." It was more like defensive lapses. I think he was like on the ice for some goals against that they weren't happy about, and that's why they moved him to play with David Comph, the second Comph mention on the show, because <laughs> they thought like he's you know more responsible defensively, and it'll help him like make up for these lapses. Uh, you know, going into the playoffs, like, he- it wasn't just a balancing thing. It was like they said it was a,
0: a defensive. Yeah, issue. I saw
1: some tweets being like Neilander oh, okay. was like told by the coach that he wasn't playing well defensively or something along those lines.
0: But yeah, that's the that's the sort of thing where like in fantasy, it's just so annoying because like we are. Playing for a different purpose than the regular than the team is like it makes sense for them to like as the playoffs get nearer to like make sure that everybody is like being accountable or whatever but god that's so annoying for fantasy
1: (laughs) and yeah and and, you know there's not really anything actionable we could say here because if you have Neilander, you're obviously not dropping him we're past the trade deadline you can't buy low or sell high or anything i'm happy about these two power play goals But I would be happier, honestly, if he had only one even strength goal today from the second line. So I'm very interested to see what they're going to do and if they're going to actually stick with this since they're winning so far in this game, or if this was just a little experiment and maybe now that he's having a good game, he's learned his lesson and he'll get back in the top six by next week, which is what I hope happens.
0: All right, Elon, we have one more player to talk about and uh, we need to get through this because... Lewis is going to be so mad when he comes back next week and sees that I went over 30 minutes on each of the shows <laughs> while he was gone. Why does he care? Uh, <laughs> no, he, he, that's his whole thing. He's he's going to stomp me. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's talk about Brock Nelson, most added skater on Yahoo today, six goals in his last four games and going back a few more weeks, 14 goals in his last 14 games a few weeks ago on keeping Carlson. I remember you guys were too bored to talk about the Isles. (laughs) Um, and at this point, Brock, I understood like at the time I remember I was walking home, uh, from grabbing lunch and I was like, yes, go to, go to a different topic. This will be better. Uh, but ever since Brock Nelson now up to a 70 point pace on the season, he's even ahead of Matt Barzal in the scoring race for the oils or the Isles. Um, in order to do this, Nelson is on a real shooting heater. He's up to nearly 25% shooting on the year, which is 8% higher than any season he's had in the last five. Uh, are you buying the 70-point pace? Are you buying the 60-point pace for next year? Like where, where are you thinking about Brock Nelson at this point?
1: yeah well so obviously you're throwing me under the bus a little bit about being too bored to talk about him but you're you're leading. no i'm not blaming it makes (laughs) sense nobody wanted to i just wanted to bring up that like in the in subsequent shows we did talk about how interesting it was that he seems to have taken barzal's spot as the top line center and barzal's ice time Mm -hmm. has gone down nelson's has either gone up or stayed the same. i guess nelson's like just stuck around this like 18 minutes on average maybe sometimes 19 uh but barzal's gone way down and so it's like when we try to project this into next year, it really depends what Barry Trotz wants to do. Like if if all of a sudden Nelson is being treated as a top line center, then yeah, maybe the shooting percentage is a little high, but this is a great spot for him. He's playing with Anders Lee. They seem to be clicking well together. I think, like, obviously Nelson is someone you grab now in fantasy if he's somehow still available for you. I think that for now this is for... He's scored in, like, four straight games. He's taking good numbers of shots. And he's capable to just dish to Anders Lee, who's also on a hot streak and scoring some goals lately. And he's on the top power. Like, everything that you look for in a player when you're deciding on an ad, Barzal... Or, sorry, Nelson is checking the boxes. Unfortunately, Matt Barzal is not checking those boxes. He's been, like, pretty boring. He had a couple assists against Columbus. But aside from that, he hasn't done too much. Um, But as far as next year goes, I would wait. Hopefully your draft is after the preseason has started and you can start seeing some lines. If it's going to be the same old thing that we're seeing now of Nelson and Andres Lee on line one, then Barzal playing with, like, Wallstrom and Zach Parise, who just got extended for some reason, then I'd be concerned about Barzal and I'd be more excited about Nelson. I mean, I don't even know if I would be
0: willing to buy that if it were to be happening in training camp. Because right. it's just like, the season's long. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah, uh, for I feel sure. like Matt Barzal's talent would get him back in a position to yeah. to win that spot out. But I, I definitely hear you. I, I don't think I'm ready to go uh, too crazy on Brock Nelson. But I will say, Elon, Like in general, we're talking about a lot of players outperforming their expectations this year. It does seem like... Next year, we should be mindful of the fact that goals have gone up, and I I think there are going to be a lot of players who are undervalued in drafts next year, just like they were this year, because people didn't expect the scoring increase to
1: to hold up. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, here I've got an analogy for you. What if Mm -hmm. next year's Matt Barzell is this year's Evgeny Kuznetsov? Like, you know, What, what does that mean? So this year. No one really thought that Kuznetsov was too valuable in fantasy drafts. He fell super far after having a disappointing season. You were able to get him late in your drafts. I got him for famously $2 in the cupful tier one auction draft. Famously. <laughs> Everyone's talking I about know. it. <laughs> I like that word famously. I don't know. It's fun to say. but uh, That's true. So this year, Barzal's had like a brutal end to the year by his standards. So I wonder if that's going to lead to him falling far in drafts next year. And then he'll be the Kuznetsov where everyone like will be famously talking about how much (laughs) they crushed their drafts and got this like super high value pick late. So I think there is something like I like what you said about how like, you know, if you could have like a player who has been a star in the past that's having an off year. That's like a good opportunity to get value in the next year's draft, right? Because obviously it's possible that Barzal's lost a step, but he's only 24. Hopefully he gets back in the coach's good graces or like whatever. They they figure out someone for him to play with if they don't want to put him with Lee anymore. And yeah, he could be like a really good value pick next year. He's certainly going to fall in drafts. The thing about Matt Barzal's uh, point totals, though, is that he
0: hasn't come close to an 80-point pace since, his, since that year where Tavares was still around. So it's like... I, I mean, I definitely I see your point in general about like you know the bounce back or whatever. I think it'll be Elias Pedersen though, if oh, I yeah. had to guess. Um, that would be my preferred bet on a, a guy who
1: who slips too far. Um, yeah, and is ready to go higher. I think Pederson is someone who people, sh- when they're drafting next year, should just look at the second half of the season this year when mm. trying to tell who he is. Because something was off. I don't know what it was, but like lately, he's been great. Like if you look at just the splits, he had seven point or no ten points in his first twenty two games, twelve points in his next twenty games. So basically, he was like nothing for the first half of the year, and now he's been over a point per game for his past twenty five games. And I'm not saying he's like maybe he does land somewhere in the middle, but I really just can't believe that that first half was very representative. Maybe put give that like a 10% weight and give the second half like a 90% weight when you're trying to predict the future for Elias Pettersson. But yeah, that's good. Cool. If people are drafting based on total season numbers, then I definitely do agree with you that he's going to be a value pick, even more so than Matt Barzell.
0: All right, Elon. That is all the time that we have for this week. Next week, I'll be back with uh with uh, my buddy, Lewis, all and right. I'm very excited to get him back in the booth elon thank you so much for joining us twice the past week and i very much look forward to casting with you again this sunday oh, yeah when uh should we should we uh, both start singing the survivor theme song at this point
1: no that's like too cliche oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna get yeah. copyright issues there. yeah
0: no that's fair yeah and i'm i have perfect pitch so probably the dmca would pick up on it the, the youtube i sure uh, it would get picked up Elon, we have started a little Survivor podcast we've been doing just for fun with your lovely wife, Dina. It sounds like we're going to be joined by your presumably lovely friend, Julia, this weekend. And uh, yeah, it was really fun to record that last week.
1: Yeah, it's called The Survivor Squad. It's slowly starting to show up on... uh, I, I think I got it up on Spotify, Google... You know, whatever. What's the other one? Apple. People are
0: going to be really happy to hear that. So it's going to change a lot. <laughs> go
1: subscribe to the Survivor Squad yes. podcast. We had some good hot takes about the uh, last week's episode, episode three, and now we're going to record one about episode four of season forty-two. A lot of people are thinking like, Survivor's on for forty-two. Se-. Like, listen, Survivor is a freaking great show, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to hear any judgment if you haven't watched it because this is the best show on TV, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: I love that you just went to bat for this show with no one in the room talking trash about it. Um, Because, Elon, I have multiple times referred to Survivor as like our favorite show about Katie and I. (laughs) Because we watch it together every week. It's a show, you know, every week we take the time to sit down, we watch Survivor together. Every time I do this, Katie will like start to get defensive. It's not my favorite show. It's like, okay, well, okay, okay sure i'm not trying to put it on you know you can you don't have to like it as much as anyone but everybody gets so defensive it's just a
1: stupid little show no and we love it it's a great and show <laughs> it's yeah awesome. i don't mean that in a no way, i know exactly okay, can i can i recount to you can i turn this into a long shift and recount to you a uh chat yeah that? let's
0: you know what yeah let's decide that this will be a long <laughs> shift after all all right let's hear it
1: so i have this friend that came over like in january or december like a long time ago and we were all just like drinking and then at some point i don't even i didn't even remember this but i had texted her a list of like the best survivor seasons that she should watch i guess i was like promoting survivor and i recommended you should watch the show then it's like months later and i got a random text from her being like i started watching survivor this show's amazing she wrote to me this is like effing squid game but better i'm addicted (laughs) lmao like people don't believe like it but it's like game, but better. you don't realize how good this show is anyways listen to the survivor squad podcast i'll link to it in the show notes mm-hmm. today yeah we
0: we need to we need to get famous off podcasting about survivors so we can all quit our jobs and
1: uh and just talk
0: <laughs> and we can maybe we'll meet a cast member but you're not gonna quit that,
1: you're not gonna quit the short shifts right you'll still do that well not when we're survivor millionaires i was hoping that maybe we could have like sort of a an overall dynasty that involves both fantasy hockey and survivor you
0: you lock me down to a to an exclusive contract elon we'll we'll talk we'll our agents will be in touch okay sounds good (laughs) all right well thank you for joining us once again thank you to everyone for listening and uh yeah make sure to check out gamedaytweets.com for the latest updates on uh, injuries outjuries lineup changes starting goalies all that fun stuff um otherwise though You know, until we see you next time, play smart and keep those shifts short.